May I speak in the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Today's Gospel is the second of three resurrection stories that we will hear throughout Easter. Last week, we heard Matthew's account of Jesus appearing to the two Marys. And next week, we will read from Luke. This week, we have John's account of Jesus appearing to his disciples, including the story of Thomas. Our passage today is the second half of John's account of the day of resurrection. Early in the morning, Mary Magdalene had discovered the empty tomb. She called Simon and the disciple that Jesus loved, who came with her to witness the empty tomb. And after the two men had returned to their homes, Jesus appears to Mary and sends her to the disciples with his message. And she tells them, I have seen the Lord. We could expect the disciples to be overjoyed at the news, but instead we find them behind locked doors for fear of the religious leaders. They had seen Jesus arrested, condemned, and crucified, and they had run away, confused and frightened. Reports of an empty tomb and Jesus appearing to Mary were not enough to dispel their fear and their doubt. But in the middle of all that confusion, that fear and doubt, Jesus comes and stands among them and says, Peace be with you. Shalom. At the Last Supper, Jesus had promised to give them his peace, which is unlike anything that the world can give. His greeting is more than a simple hello. He gives them the peace that he promised, peace that will give them courage and overcome all fear. And along with peace, the disciples are filled with joy as they recognize Jesus by the scars in his hand and side and realize that he is truly present with them. The second time, Jesus says, peace be with you. And he commissions them to continue his work. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. He breathes on them and gives to them his Holy Spirit, empowering them to continue his work and giving them the same power over sin. He breathes his own life into them in the same way that God breathed life into Adam at creation. In John's Gospel, there is no waiting for Pentecost. The resurrection, ascension, the Holy Spirit, and the commissioning of the disciples are all intertwined. But Thomas wasn't there with them that day. He heard all about it from the others, but he is not convinced. He doesn't say that resurrection is impossible, but he would like some hard evidence. Unless I see the mark of the nails on his hands... Unless I put my finger into the place where the nails were and my hand into his side, I will never believe. Thomas is perpetually known as Doubting Thomas, which is actually quite unfair on him. When Mary had gone to the disciples and said, I have seen the Lord, there's no evidence that they believed her words. They didn't go looking for Jesus. The very next thing we hear is that they are behind locked doors, frightened. 
they too had some doubts. And we can all relate to Thomas. We would like something solid and tangible. We would like to be sure. And Thomas wasn't asking for anything more than the others had experienced. He just wanted to see for himself. And we we heard from Thomas earlier in the gospel when Jesus was talking about his death and his ascension. And Jesus said to them, you know the way to the place I am going. It was Thomas who said to him effectively, I don't know what you are talking about. There's no evidence that the others understood either. Perhaps Thomas is simply the person who isn't afraid to say out loud what everyone else is thinking. A week later, the disciples are back in the same room, and this time, Thomas is with them. The doors are still locked. Jesus comes and stands among them, and for a third time, he says, Peace be with you. And then he speaks directly to Thomas. He invites Thomas to touch his scars and encourages him to believe. But Thomas no longer has any need to touch Jesus. He knows that he is in the presence of the risen Christ in all his glory. And he simply responds, my Lord and my God. And this statement of faith by Thomas is the climax of John's gospel. In chapter 1, John writes, No one has ever seen God. It is God, the only Son, who is close to the Father's heart, who has made him known. God is perfectly revealed in Jesus through his ministry, his death, and his resurrection. And Thomas, who doubted at first, looks at Jesus and sees God, the only person in the Gospels to make such a statement of faith. So really, Thomas should be called Believing Thomas. And his story shows his journey from no faith to fullness of faith. Thomas wasn't with the disciples at the first meeting. We aren't told why, but maybe he was so upset by the death of Jesus that he didn't want to be there with them. And then maybe after the others had told them about meeting Jesus, he was curious enough to come to the next meeting and he wasn't disappointed we see the same pattern throughout the gospel as one person encounters Jesus they share their experience with another who isn't absolutely sure but once they have encountered Jesus for themselves they in turn tell someone else it was Andrew who brought Peter to come and see Jesus Mary encounters the risen Jesus and tells the others who aren't sure until they meet Jesus for themselves. And so it goes down through thousands of years to each one of us here today. Jesus says to Thomas, because you have seen me, you have found faith. Happy are they who find faith without seeing me. Which is the purpose for writing this gospel John writes, so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that through this faith you may have life by his name. And that life that we have in Christ is a life of peace and joy, and 
all of our readings today speak of that joy to be found in the continuous presence of Jesus. Listening to Peter's speech in Acts, we see the change in the disciples after their encounter. No longer hiding behind locked doors, but empowered by the Holy Spirit, Peter speaks boldly to the crowd in Jerusalem, telling them about Jesus, how God had raised him up, telling the crowd everything that they had witnessed, and inviting them to believe and experience the life that God offers us in Jesus. Thomas is known as the twin because he is the twin of every disciple, the twin of each one of us here. And the author of the gospel invites us to follow the same journey of faith so that we too may share in the life of Jesus. Fullness of life in which peace and joy overcome fear and doubt. And it's significant that the scenes we read today contain symbolism which suggests that the disciples were meeting in worship in the context of the Eucharist. It is the first day of the week, the day that they would gather for worship. The words and actions of Jesus are still familiar to us today as elements in our own Eucharist service. Jesus shows the disciples the signs of his passion, his body and his blood. He greets them with the peace, and they are sent out in the power of the Holy Spirit to carry on the work of Christ. It's what we remember at Monday Thursday before Easter. What we do here today is hugely important. It is not just words we recite. It is a, a, a worship service in which we encounter the risen Jesus. We don't come to worship with perfect faith. We all have fears and doubts. We bring them with us. And this time becomes an opportunity to meet Jesus. When Jesus appeared to the disciples and to Thomas, he didn't scold them. He knew what they needed. They needed his presence, his life. And he was present to them. He gave them his peace he breathed on them and gave them his life and then sent them out. As we receive the life of Jesus through the Spirit each week, we move a little closer to that perfect faith. And as we are convinced of his presence with us, we have our own stories to tell, to tell others so that they too may believe and have life in Jesus' name. Amen.